When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Thanks for choosing this free Anfield Index podcast. If you'd prefer to listen to this or any of our other shows without adverts, then now's the time to check out Anfield Index Pro. With AI Pro, you can supercharge your entire listening experience. You'll not only get all of our podcasts without the ads, but you'll have them far faster with our quick publish feature available exclusively for subscribers. AI Pro also puts you in the heart of our sound studio with an option to listen to many of our shows live and interact with the podcasters in real time as the shows are recording. Upgrading couldn't be easier. AI Pro is available on all popular podcast platforms and we have our own apps for Apple and Android. Just head on over to AnfieldIndexPro.com and get started today. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are, whatever you're doing. And welcome to another episode of Stat Me Up for Anfield Index. So, what a week it's been, ladies and gents. We had the down of the Sunday against United. We had the up of the midweek hammering of West Ham, didn't we? And maybe just before, on Christmas Eve Eve, the biggest one you could argue, we have got Arsenal at home. So, there is plenty to discuss from the other night's action and what's set to come. And as normal, delighted to say I've got Ben Boxat with me. Ben, I should say, first of all, happy Christmas or happy Christmas time because it's probably the last time I'll see you before Christmas. But how are we? Yeah, Merry Christmas to you as well. I'm all good. How about yourself? Yeah, looking forward to this period. Technically, the right answer is we know people, you're supposed to say you're looking forward to the festive period. <laughs> but let's not lie, we're all looking forward to Arsenal. We're all looking forward to the insane amount of footy. And we're all, hopefully, fingers crossed, Looking forward to the Reds firing a more victory. So, with that in mind, Ben, it makes little sense not to go back to Wednesday night. And after they say the low of United and alleged 34 shots and not much happening, what a turnaround, eh? A 5 1 thumping. I mean, Zabozlai, a Jones double, Salah, even the coming on, Gakpo, Elliot, a, a it felt, it looked, it seemed a dominant win. Honest thoughts on that performance, do you agree? Yeah, I feel like it was one of those games that was coming for Liverpool, you know, getting five. Like it, it's 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 been brewing. I, I feel like Liverpool have created so many chances and have had so many shots uh, yeah. particularly from outside the box that this this sort of result what was sort of on the horizon and uh, I'm glad it happened now you know after the disappointment of Man United and heading into the big game against Arsenal I think this was a good morale boost and and uh, 
a good sort of preparation for that game. Yeah, in the in recent times, we've been kind of in simple terms, in crude terms, we've been playing crap at times and winning. Sunday, we just kind of played crap. This has been like, yeah, we, we kind of wanted to see this for a while, haven't we? With like, and it was a proper shot total, not like 34 when you were scratching your head and thinking, did Anana have to do anything type of thing? This was a proper 34. We peppered their goal. It was just maybe a, at times, even just a small bits of execution at the end, it could have been an even more emphatic scoreline. It didn't flatter us at all. Now, you know, I ask you this every time, and I know you'll be prepared with your stats. Man of the match for you with the stats to back it up on Stat Me Up, what are we going with? Oh, it's a really difficult choice, to be honest, because I think there were so many brilliant individual performances. Yeah. And Darwin Nunez stood out, I think. Uh, he won the second, I think he won the most duels on the pitch and, uh, obviously got the assist, created a lot of chances, looked really good on the left. And we'll talk about him later. But mm. I think for me, probably Curtis, you've got to give it to Curtis Jones for his two goals. You know, um, I think he was brilliant. He controlled the pitch really well. Didn't really stand out stat wise, but you know, he, he had a good sort of pass completion rate. Did did everything he had to, you know, completed mm. all his dribbles, won all his won most of his duels. Um, like I said, wasn't extraordinarily good in terms of, you know, winning the highest amount of duels or anything like that, but he did his job, got two goals as well. And I think I was looking over sort of his stats. He has four co- goal contributions in his last four games. Wow. Uh, if he if he stretched that out to to long term, you know, towards the end of last season when he was coming through and and doing really well for us. Um, in his last twenty five games, he's got nine goal contributions for Liverpool, which you know is it, is pretty good for a midfielder, I would say. And I think um, if if he can sustain that period for longer and and continue that for for a whole season, you, you potentially looking at a player who can get. 10, 15 goal contributions from midfield and Liverpool wow. haven't really had that since maybe Philip Coutinho or Adam Lallana. Uh, so yeah, it, it's it's really promising for him, I think, at the moment. And obviously he didn't have the best of starts to the season with the red card, which was really unfair. He had a couple of niggles. With Jones, it's always the key to sort of keep him match fit, keep him focused and, and sharp. But I think if you look at his last 25 games, he, he's really sort of um, developing that consistency and, and, and he's been much improved. Yeah, no two ways about it. I think it's like you say sometimes you talk of the stats, but the stats don't pick up that Jones takes the ball from just inside the West Ham half and slaloms through and the great goals like that. He was, yeah, he was sensational and such a, a key part. And I have no doubt when we start talking about the lineup for Arsenal, well, I'll just hang up on you if you don't have a minute, Ben, personally, put it that way. So, yeah, I think we'll both have a minute that way. Now, speaking of midfielders, you know I'm going to go to your Hungarian main man because he opened the scoring, didn't he, with an absolute thunderbolt of a strike. I mean, so pure when you saw the replay. The ball didn't really, it wasn't moving in the air, wasn't it? It was just a pure strike right into the bottom corner. So, and I was there, Anfield was up, it, it was great. Is there enough in the stats 
from you and from what you saw to suggest this could be a, the return to form we all hope for? Because we have been honest recently, it has been a drop-off from in it. And, and there's reasons for that, and we've talked about that. But is this real hope in the stats that there is a return to form from him? Yeah, I mean, I think there's overall... Dominic has been sort of playing a different role than he's used to at Leipzig or we're used to seeing him in, in the Hungarian national team. Um, and even for Liverpool at the start of the season, I think he was helped out a lot by the fact that Trent had an injury. He, Trent wasn't sort of inverting as much as he is now. So obviously I wrote an article for Anfield Index where I kind of looked yeah. at his heat maps over the last few games and what we saw before was the fact that he was playing a lot deeper. Yeah. Almost like a fullback covering for Trent when he's inverting. And naturally, you're going to get a drop off in terms of your creative numbers, your offensive numbers. But what we saw in, in this game is again, he was playing sort of a lot further up the pitch. Centrally, he was, it was in that final third. Most of his heat map was the hot spots were in the final third of the pitch. Yeah. Just, just in front of the penalty area. And obviously that's where you want to see him play. That's where he's best at. But it's just about figuring out how that works with Trent and, and Salah being on the pitch. I do think Liverpool's midfield was a lot more balanced even after Trent came on. Um, I, I do think it's a bit of a tricky one for Klopp because if you get those three players right, if you get the balance right, you have, uh, you know, the recipe for something really special. Uh, with, with Salah and Alexander Arnold and Sobosley on the right side, but it, it's a tricky one to get right because they're all so similar and they they all like to take up similar sort of positions. But mm. certainly, I think this game for for Sobosley was important. I think you know there was even reporters were asking questions of Linders and Klopp about his form and his performance, and I think yeah, he needed that game to show what he's actually capable of, and I'm 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 certain he showed it. Not just with the goal, but the overall performance I thought was, was really good. You know, he, while he was on the pitch, I think he made the second most recoveries and, and he also created four chances, which was the most chances created while he was on the pitch. So overall, I thought he put in a really good performance. Yeah, it's interesting because I think people would assume with that game, naturally, without looking at it or sort of analysing it, you'd probably think, oh, it would have been someone like Harvey who would have created the most chances that way. But yeah, it really was sort of action-packed from Big Dom, as it were. So yeah, fingers crossed he continues in that thing because we know what he's capable of. And I mean, the final player I want to talk about from this game specifically, speaking of what they're capable from, or capable of, sorry, Jarrell Kwanzaa. I mean... Yeah, the potential with this kid. But the, the big thing I think that stood out for me and a lot of people as well, it's not just his defending, he looks calm and composed. It's that progressive passing, Ben. The fact he sort of played it through the line so often, he just struck that. And you think of the the others, you think like Canate is obviously a beast of a defender and we know his qualities, but maybe doesn't have that incisive passing all the time. Matip's more your, your slalom runner type of thing, isn't he? And bringing it forward. But it did just strike me so much with Kwanzaa, that progressive passing. I mean, do the stats back that up? How good are we talking, it seemed to be, on the night? Yeah, I mean, he completed the most passes. Wow. Uh, 78 uh, in total, which, which was his completed passes. And if we're looking at the stats over his last seven starts, he's done that for Liverpool six out of seven times 
And the one start when he didn't do it was against Crystal Palace. However, while he was on the pitch, he did compete, complete the most passes in that game as well. But obviously it was subbed off at around the hour mark. So, you know, other players had half an hour more to complete more passes, but he, he did complete the most while he was on the pitch. So yeah, mm-hmm. statistically that seems to be backed up with the, the way he's playing, the way he's so composed on the ball. And I think what is really nice to see is, you know, when he does get the ball, he doesn't just create chances or instigate chances, but yeah. he's sort of getting the goal contributions as well. Uh, obviously scored against Union SG, um, got the assist against West Ham, which is now his second assist, I think, for Liverpool. So, um, I was kind of looking at the numbers of comparing him to Manchester United forwards and, uh, He's got more goal contributions than Mason Mount and Anthony combined in all competitions so far this season. So, um, I think that really sort of, it's, it's pro- it probably sums up how poor Manchester United's players have been, but, um, credit to him as well. It, it shows that, you know, but for a young player, for a young centre back, he's, he's really come on and, and done really well for Liverpool. And I, I believe this is just the beginning. I've been a big fan of him since his academy days. I think. Um, I know when Billy Cometio first sort of came into the setup, yeah. people were surprised, uh, you know, why not Kwanzaa? And uh, people sort of, I, I saw Kwanzaa as a, the sort of better overall player at under 18 level at the time. He was a lot more composed on the board, just a lot. He looked a lot more mature for his age, even, even in, in the academy days. Then obviously he got the experience at Bristol Rovers and, and he got his chance in pre-season and he took it well. And I think uh, he's definitely made Liverpool's plans, sort of Liverpool reconsider their plans, I think, in, in terms of the January window. I'm not sure if, uh, you know, if, if Konza wouldn't have come through, I feel like Liverpool would be very aggressive in the market given Matip's injury. <clears throat> but I think there's a lot more calmness now around Liverpool because we've, we've got Konza and... Uh, he surely can be relied upon in the Premier League, in, in big games, in, in quarterfinal ties in, in the League Cup. And uh, yeah, yeah, I think it's exciting times. Yeah, too, right. Probably you got a point about the forward because that strike, even though, even though we were poor against Union SG, was man of the match. And that strike, any, any forward would have been proud of, simple as that. But yeah, you just saw it. Like I say, he, so the passing was so good through the lines. Even Van Dijk's style diagonals at times switching the play. So, he really did give us something different. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see if any of us have it in our Arsenal lineup later. That'll be an interesting one to come to. And as we always do on Stat Me Up, we've got to build the big game. Arsenal, Saturday, half five, Anfield under the lights, Ben. Jurgen Klopp's already started talking about, as you know, the atmosphere. I mean... Get the juices flowing here, Ben. Give us some big... Because this always tends to be goals or entertainment or something in this one. Give us some big stats from Liverpool versus Arsenal at Anfield or what should we be excited about or looking forward to? Yeah, I mean, it's interesting that you mentioned the goals because going into this game, these are the two sides who've conceded the fewest goals in the Premier League with 15. So that might be something to watch. Arsenal have kept, I think, one more clean sheet than Liverpool. They've kept kept seven. Liverpool has six. Um, so, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens. But yeah. potentially, if if I was a stats man, maybe I wouldn't be expecting goals. But obviously, 
But in big games like that, anything can happen. I think the key for Liverpool could be Alexander-Arnold. Um, in his career so far, he's reg- registered the most assists against Arsenal with eight. So, you know, I think going into this game, there's been a lot of conversations about how Martinelli has got the best out of Alexander-Arnold. Mm-hmm. Um, but in, in stats-wise, Alexander-Arnold seems to thrive against Arsenal, or at least that's what the numbers suggest. I think he's played... 13 or 15 games I can't can't remember correctly but 8 assists is, is not a bad return in, in that time I think another thing that is interesting is people label Arsenal as a possession side mm. but if we're looking at their average possession percentage in the Premier League this season it's 60.5% Liverpool's on the other hand is 60.4% so, you know, I don't see the conversation around Liverpool being a possession side, but when it comes to keeping the ball, it's pretty much the same. Very Arsenal are fractionally slightly better in that mm. marker. I think another thing to watch is Arsenal have won the most penalties <laughs> in the Premier League this season with six already. Um that's obviously something to keep an eye on because Liverpool yeah. has a few penalties this season already. Um, and then, uh, the, the big stat is probably the fact that Arsenal haven't beaten Liverpool at Atanfield in the Premier League since 2012. Uh, it was more than 10 years ago now. I think Robin Van Persie, no, no, it was, uh, Podolski and Kozola who scored the goals. And, uh, I don't know if people remember. But Cazorla's goal was just a really poor error from Pecorina. Um, you, you'll have to watch it back if you don't know what I'm talking about, but it is, it was one of those really poor errors. Um, in the team for Liverpool was Raheem Sterling, Steven Gerrard, Luis Suarez, and wow. those kind of players. I think, uh, yeah, yeah. I think Nuri Sahin might have started as well. Yeah, felt back to the the Brendan Rodgers darker days, as it were, so to speak. But yeah, yeah I mean, it is. It? Yeah, that's the. It was the worst start to Liverpool season in fifty years when with that defeat. Wow. Yeah. Fortunately, fortunately, we are light years away from from there <laughs> nowadays in that sense. But you're right; it's interesting because this will be billed as a bit of a a battle of the forwards and it's easy to hype it up, isn't it? Like Saka versus Salah, those types of things. And, and But yeah, both the, the most miserly defences in the league. So it will be interesting to see if that plays a part at the same time. I mean, Wednesday, especially the West Ham game, Ben, will have probably, or I say probably may, have changed a lot of people's sort of initial predictions or what they'd like to see potentially in the lineup. Has it changed anything for you of how you think you would like Jurgen Klopp to set us up at all? I think there's two areas where I think it's changed for me. One was Darwin Nunez on the left. I think I would like to see him him keep that position. And and the other one was Curtis Jones coming in. I wasn't sure who I, I wanted to start in that left-sided midfield role, obviously, given Liverpool's got a few injuries, you, you never yeah. know who's going to be available. But I think Jones really showed that he's 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 capable of doing a good job there. And I kind of I've kind of been surprised that he hasn't he, he 
that he's been sort of not gotten as many opportunities as Gravenberch, for example, recently. Mm. Uh, but I think two goals against West Ham will have sent Jürgen Klopp a, a good message. And uh, I I personally would like to see him start in that outside in the field goal. Yeah, no, no doubts about either of those for me at all. I think I agree, especially that that left-sided role Luis Diaz has had. It just isn't trying to criticise the player, but plenty of chances recently. It's just not quite working for Lewis, is it, at the moment? And left side, for for all the people talk about Darwin Nunes, goals and chances. I mean, he did create chances, as you mentioned. He hit the post. He you know, played a, a great assist for Curtis as well. And yeah, I, I just don't see, especially the way that the Gravenberg-Jones tandem Oh, sorry, the Gravenberg Sabozlai tandem, it hasn't really worked, as we said before. Like, I, I don't see a case for not starting Curtis Jones on the left hand side either. I'd, I'd be, you'd be disappointed. I think we all would be if they're not in the lineup. And one player that will probably be disappointed, in essence, which might surprise a few, but I know you've kind of sort of batted his case quite a bit, Ben, and obviously on the, the stats. Watoro Endo, I mean, seems to be starting more games and especially in the, the bigger ones for all the disappointment against United was probably one of the, the better performers. And again, in the time he was on the pitch for this one, seemed to or appeared to have a, a good game again or an impact. Did the stats back that up at the moment? Yeah, I mean, he created four chances himself, four key passes in the game, which I think is quite impressive for a holding midfielder. Yeah, four out of six duels. Um, he drew the most fouls on the pitch. I think that's kind of an underrated trait of his that uh, people are not talking about. Everyone seems to think physically he's not quite strong enough for the Premier mm-hmm. League, but I think he deals with those physical situations quite well, using his body to to win fouls or just using his core muscles to to you know make sure he's not knocked off the ball. And if he is knocked off the ball. It'll be because he was fouled like against Crystal Palace. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he also has a really good, uh, pass completion rate, completed 96% of his passes against West Ham. So overall, I thought he put in another good performance. I think he's making a good case to be the starter in that holding midfield goal. Um, given the fact that he was substituted around the hour mark, I, I <clears> think he will start against Arsenal based on his performance against Man United as well. I think he deserves that start. And just in terms of his overall season statistics, um, I, I think I mentioned possession-adjusted interceptions that Scout does. So it kind of sort of accounts for how much possession a team it, uh, keeps and uh, then sort of does interceptions around that. And uh, for that metric, he's actually... The, the best performing midfielder in Europe's top five leagues. Wow. Um, and, and for Liverpool as well, in all competitions, he's averaged the most interceptions out of midfielders. So I think his reading of the game is really good. I think he's improved a lot physically. I, I read his autobiography where he sort of talks about when he first came into the Bundesliga, he hired a personal trainer to to deal with the physical aspects and uh, he really worked on his core muscles to make sure he's you know he's he's able to handle those physical challenges and I think what we've seen since he's arrived at Liverpool is it's probably seen you know the, the Premier League is an even bigger step up from the Bundesliga in terms of physicality and intensity and um 
obviously it was going to take him a bit of time to adjust to that, but yeah. I'm sure behind the scenes he's doing the same sort of work and he's putting in the same sort of you know dedication that he did when when he was in the Bundesliga. And I think we're starting to see the fruits of, of, of that work that he's put in because every game he seems to get better and better and, and more confident and more um also just just better at handling these physical situations. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it, and also, even as the games have been big, the United, the Carabao Cup quarterfinal, yeah, I think he'll be hoping and, and many people will have him in the starting lineup. It will be interesting to see. I suppose the only other two big points, because we you know on Stat Me Up, guys, we love to get into sort of the, the big points with the stats, and especially from the West Ham game. We kind of alluded to him, but Darwin Nunes that left-hand side. I mean, I was staggered, I think, and, and you correct me if I'm wrong on this, that you said he had the most sort of recoveries or chances to create, I can't remember which one, but what other stats can we kind of give or are you looking and thinking, yeah, this Darwin on the left, there's a real case for this going forward? Yeah, I mean, just in that game in particular, I think the fact that he won the most duels, like you said, won the most tackles for Liverpool, created the second most chances, kind of shows you pretty much everywhere and, and that's why I saw he, he showed so much energy but then you know he obviously sent me the agenda last night and I was, I was I've been wanting to look into this because I was quite curious and how he's performed for Liverpool on the left hand side in particular as opposed to playing as a centre forward and what I found is um, for Liverpool when he's played on the left he's averaged a goal or assist every 90 minutes while he's wow. played on, on the left side, uh, as opposed to 0 0.54 per 90 minutes as a forward. If we're looking at Premier League goals, um, so he's played 717 minutes in the Premier League for Liverpool as a left winger. In that time, he's averaged 0 0.75 goals per 90. Um, as a forward, he's played 2,204 minutes for Liverpool. As a, and uh, he's averaged 0 0.29 goals per 90. So if, for some reason, yeah. <laughs> I, it seems strange to say, but he's actually averaging more goals per 90 minutes, obviously on a much shorter sample um, as a left winger than as a forward, um, which I think is interesting. It, it, I think it seems to suit him sort of cutting in from the left and uh, sort of it feels like there's less pressure on him when he's playing mm. on the left it feels like he knows he's not there to score goals and as yeah. a result he, he feels more confident when he gets into those situations so I think there's a strong case for him to, to play that on that left wing position obviously with Hackwell getting a goal as well um, I it would be interesting to see which front three Jurgen Klopp goes with but uh, for me uh, based on the stats, based on what I looked up last night, I I'm kind of firmly in the 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 boat that says Nunez should should get a go at, on the left wing. Yeah, I'd, um, especially that's just even strengthened the case for me. But from from what I'm seeing, and it's an unfortunate because you don't want to be dis disparaging, but it's not quite happening for Luis Diaz either at the moment as well. So yeah, I'm struggling to make a a case a against putting Darwin on the left yet fully in that camp too, and. It probably feels right to finish this talking about a player that 
despite everything that's happened in midweek and recent cameos and stuff, we've not mentioned Harvey Elliott really so far. Now, the interesting thing about Harvey Elliott was against West Ham. Salah was on the bench. We started that right forward role. He, I mean, he played really well. Do the stats and from what you've seen, Ben, give a case for Harvey Elliott to get more minutes in the right-sided forward? Can we make that case in that regard that he can sort of move into that position? I think so. I mean, even if you... We're always talking about Trent, who played as a midfielder in his academy days. Elliot, of course, has predominantly played as a right-winger for, for, for most of his career. Um, obviously, maybe he lacks that speed and that intensity that Mohamed Salah has, but... Um, I think he's got the ability to be able to cut in similar to Mohamed Salah yeah. and, you know, cut into his left foot. And we saw that against Crystal Palace. He scored a brilliant goal. Um, overall, when it comes to sort of midfielders for Liverpool, he's really good at progressive carries. Uh, he's, I think he's averaged the most progressive carries for Liverpool's, for Liverpool out of midfielders in all competitions. And, uh, he's averaged the most carries into the box as well. Uh, for Liverpool midfielders wow. in all competitions. Um, so yeah, he's, he's got that ability in him, I think, to, to pick up the ball and, and go, go on runs and beat players one versus one. And I think that obviously makes a good case for him to start playing more regularly on the right wing, particularly when Salah goes. I know people have suggested Suboslai in mm. that right wing role, but for me, because he's right footed, you're getting a completely different type of player in yeah. that position. I know Sobosa has played a lot as a right winger for Leipzig, but for me it wasn't really a traditional right winger that you would associate with Liverpool. It was more of a right attacking midfielder in, in the Leipzig system. However, I think for me Elliot is more naturally suited to that position and more of a like for like for Salah than Sobosla. And uh, yeah, I think the only thing really missing from him are the goal contributions because all his underlying statistics in terms of chances created and yeah. everything else, he, he's doing really well. I think it probably it's similar to sort of Curtis Jones, who was maybe a year or so ago in, in a similar boat where, you know, his performances were good, his underlying statistics were good, but he was just missing the goals and the assists. And with Harvey, yeah. still a very young player. Uh, we, we've seen that he can score goals and can get assists for England on yeah. the 21 side um, this season. And I think it's just about getting more confident and getting more experience in, in this Liverpool setup. And with time, I'm sure the goals and the assists will come as well. Yeah, no doubts about it at all. I mean, there is a lot to be positive about, especially on, like say, it just felt different that that West Ham performance had been coming for a while. Liverpool have played well and won. So it's going to lead me into the final question I'm going to ask you before Christmas time, Ben. Saturday, 5.30, the big game, Arsenal at home, score and score prediction. What are you going for? That is a tough one. I think I'm going with 2-1 for Liverpool. Um, I think Trent will, will score and Salah will score. That's, that's the result I'm going for. Um, yeah, I just feel like with Anfield behind Liverpool, with Liverpool, with Arsenal, I think 
hoping to keep most of the possession. That will yeah. suit Liverpool nicely. We've scored a lot of goals from transitions this season. And if it plays out the way we want it to and Arteta's side sort of trying to keep the ball, Liverpool pressing high, if that works out and Liverpool play their very best, I think mm. we can't beat them and there's enough in Liverpool to, to get a result over this Arsenal side. Fingers crossed. Yeah, absolutely. It feels like a massive game. It's the end, the bookend to a massive week. It's the game just before Christmas. So let's hope they send us full of festive cheer into the evening, which all it leads me to say is, Ben, as ever, thanks for the time. Thanks for the stats. Thanks for the insights and have a, a Merry Christmas, my mate. Yeah, you too. And everyone listening as well. It was, it's been a pleasure. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. All enjoy. Stay safe. Enjoy your festive period. And let's hope, ladies and gents, the next time we're getting together, we are talking about red wins against many a team. But all it really leaves me to say is, as ever, thank you for listening. And that was another Stat Me Up for Anfield Index. We hope you enjoyed listening to this Anfield Index show. Please be sure to subscribe to our channel so future podcasts find their way to your device automatically. There's nothing quite like fan engagement, and we'd love to know what you think of anything discussed on this show. The best way to get in touch is over on our free Discord community, where both podcasters and listeners debate the hottest LFC topics 24-7. Sign up free now at anfieldindex.com forward slash discord. You won't regret it. You can also follow us on Twitter at Anfield Index and find us on Facebook by searching for Anfield Index. Oh, and before you go, we'd love it if you could leave us a five-star review on your favourite podcast app. It only takes a couple of seconds, and it means the world to the people who create these free shows. Sports Social Podcast Network.